Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin online worship service, where we gather virtually and in spirit each week on Sundays at 1045 a.m. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development at the Church, and I welcome each of you to our service. I especially want to welcome you if you're new to the church. Please feel free to say hello in the Facebook comments if you're able, and let us know from where you're viewing the service. Unitarian Universalists come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. Let's connect those divine sparks now, either by posting a greeting to one another in the Facebook comments, if you are on a platform where you can, or simply by taking a moment to sense the heartstring connections that bind us together. I invite you to join me as we say our chalice lighting words together. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship today comes to us from C.E. Lemieux. Lemieux loves fiction and is known best for his bittersweet and emotionally charged novels. He and his family make their home in Oklahoma, where his first three novels were set. He wrote, Play, humor, fun, joy. These are essential to human well-being. Yes, we need our serious sides too, but we cannot thrive without these essentials of life. One of the things that keeps us bound together as a religious community, even when we can't be together physically, is to have a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. We hold it in our hearts all during the week, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Beloved community, as envisioned by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., includes replacement of racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. These beliefs and values are embedded in our own values, mission, and ends. Our sixth end states, we partner with other organizations and faith communities to dismantle a culture of white supremacy and other systems of oppression within ourselves, within our church community, and beyond our walls. Good morning. I'm out here on this very snowy day in my front yard putting out water and food, bird seed, for my birds in my yard because I know it's one thing I can do to help them. This week we are not taking food or unfrozen water or heat for granted, are we? We all see the value and we know how much people need these things. But we also know that people need other things sometimes. And sometimes when we're not able to help people with the basic needs, maybe we can help by offering a joke or telling a story or reading an inspiring poem. I want to share with you one of my favorite stories about offering these extra, these special things in times of need. Frederick by Leo Leone. All along the meadow where the cows grazed and the horses ran, there was an old stone wall. In that 
wall, not far from the barn and the granary, a chatty family of field mice had their home. But the farmers had moved away, the barn was abandoned, and the granary stood empty. And since winter was not far off, the little mice began to gather corn and nuts and wheat and straw. They worked all day and night, all except Frederick. Frederick, why don't you work? they asked. I do work, said Frederick. I gather sun rays for the cold, dark winter days. And when they saw Frederick sitting there, staring at the meadow, they said, And now, Frederick? I gather colors, answered Frederick simply, for winter is gray. And once Frederick seemed half asleep. Are you dreaming, Frederick? they asked reproachfully. But Frederick said, Oh, no, I am gathering words, for the winter days are long and many, and will run out of things to say. The winter days came, and when the first snow fell, the five little field mice took to the hideout in the stones. In the beginning, there was lots to eat, and the mice told stories of foolish foxes and silly cats. They were a happy family. But little by little, they had nibbled up most of the nuts and berries. The straw was gone, and the corn was only a memory. It was cold in the wall, and no one felt like chatting. Then they remembered what Frederick had said about sun rays and colors and words. What about your supplies, Frederick? they asked. Close your eyes, said Frederick, as he climbed on a big stone. Now I send you the rays of the sun. Do you feel how their golden glow? And as Frederick spoke of the sun, the four little mice began to feel warmer. Was it Frederick's voice? Was it magic? And, and how about the colors, Frederick? They asked anxiously. Close your eyes again, Frederick said. And when he told them of the blue periwinkles, the red poppies and the yellow wheat, and the green leaves of the berry bush, they saw the colors as clearly as if they had been painted in their minds. And the words, Frederick? Frederick cleared his throat, waited a moment, and then, as if from a stage, he said, Who scatters snowflakes? Who melts the ice? Who spoils the weather? Who makes it nice? Who grows the four-leaf clovers in June? Who dims the daylight? Who lights the moon? Four little field mice who live in the sky. Four little field mice like you and I. One is the spring mouse who turns on the showers. Then comes the summer who paints in the flowers. The fall mouse is next with walnuts and wheat. And winter is last with cold little feet. Aren't we lucky the seasons are four? Think of a year with one less or one more. When Frederick had finished, they all applauded. But Frederick, they said, you are a poet. Frederick blushed, took a bow, and said shyly, I know it. Ingrid Fatel Lee is an author, designer, and the founder of The Aesthetics of Joy. Her work explores the relationship between joy and design, and how our surroundings can impact our emotions. In a 2019 blog post, she writes, Joy 
is a propulsive force. It's a curious feature of autocratic regimes that forms of joy are often banned. Music is a common one. In China under Mao, listening to the music of Beethoven was a crime. Folk or traditional music is typically condemned, such as in Nazi Germany, which targeted Jewish music. Dancing was similarly reviled, and all types of celebration found themselves in the crosshairs of European colonists setting out to spread Christianity and civilization around the world. Music, dance, art, eroticism, all of these fuel an emotional response that creates momentum, one that can be hard to control. So, simply put, joy can be considered resistance because it's a form of energy for change, as Audre Lorde puts it. I invite you now into a time of centering, a time of breathing deeply in and out, in and out. And as we breathe deeply, let us feel the heartstrings that keep us connected with one another as we transform virtual space into beloved religious community. Breathe in, breathe out. Follow that breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater calmness, a place of silence, stillness, healing, growth, a place where our imagination creates visions of greater love and justice in our world place where that spark of the divine dwells within each of us. We'll have a few moments of music during which I invite you to continue meditative breathing and if you wish to light a candle representing your joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes.
I've waited my entire life to begin a sermon with the Swedish chef doing rapper's delight. And, and choosing this service topic gave me an excuse to wear my new Muppet boots featuring Animal. I'm having too much fun with this service. <laughs> in actuality, I've been thinking about doing this service since way back when I was in seminary and having to read many, many, many theology books and write many, many theology papers. One evening, I decided I needed to clear my head of all the deep thinking for a bit, so my spouse Wayne and I went out to see a movie, thinking it would get me about as far away from theology as I could get. We, want, we went to see the Muppet movie that was playing at the time that was simply titled The Muppets. Now, by the way, for Unitarian Universalists, theology doesn't have to involve a god or gods, though it can. But it can also be about a way of thinking about and understanding that which is ultimate. That which is most important for living richly and fully. That which is larger than ourselves, but of which we are a part. Anyway, I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm going like, wow, there's a kind of theology happening here. It's a theology about creating community and struggling together toward a common purpose. The Muppets have always had each other, even when things looked bleak. They stuck together. They stayed in relationship even when they had conflict. They never let one another give up. They carried each other when needed. And I sat there thinking, here we have this band of quirky, intelligent, creative oddballs and misfits who somehow find each other and create a caring community where they laugh, cry, play, and sing together. My God, they're Unitarian Universalists. I told Wayne all of this. He said, shut up and watch the movie. I'm joking about that last part. We talked about it on the way home, not during the movie. We were at Alamo Draft House, and the ghost of Ann Richards would have taken us out if we had done so. <laughs> Over the past 63 years now, in television programs like Sesame Street and The Muppet Show, as well as in their movies, the Muppets have modeled spiritual themes rooted in community, belonging, and interconnectedness. We can help each other follow our dreams. Reconciliation and redemption are possible. They've modeled staying true to yourself and your calling, mysticism and wonder at our universe, that the effort and the struggle are more important than the outcome. They've modeled being willing to ask for help when we need it, and to quote one line from the movie, life's a happy song when there's someone beside you to sing it. Now, a while back, I put a public post on Facebook asking folks, over the years, what have you learned about life and living from the Muppets? Now, I should have known in a mostly Unitarian Universalist crowd that I would get some typically smart aleck responses, like, it ain't easy being green. Don't be a grouch or you'll end up living in a garbage can. Cookies are good. And don't play with electricity like Crazy Harry. 
The more serious responses all focused in also on belonging and relationships. Folks had gotten the following from the Muppets. The importance of listening deeply to one another. The power of music to turn strangers into friends and friends into family. How friends make life exponentially better. That you might as well embrace life's weirdness because life is already weirder than you think. Caring and curiosity will make your own life better. Our differences are what make life more interesting and creative. And even with our differences, we can all live on the same street and get along. And I love this one. We can all come together and create something beautiful if given the chance. I also loved it that one of our church couples has decided that each of us has a spirit Muppet in life. You know, like spirit animals. And they have chosen Ralph the Dog and Grover as theirs. They decided this after reading about Slate.com Supreme Court reporter Dalio Lithwick's unified theory of Muppet types, in which she theorizes a singular factor that causes all the division in our society these days. She says, every one of us is either a chaos Muppet or an order Muppet. Here's how Lithwick writes about her unified Muppet theory. Chaos Muppets are out of control, emotional, volatile. They tend toward the blue and fuzzy. They make their way through life in a swirling maelstrom of food crumbs, small flaming objects, and the letter C. <laughs> Cookie Munster, Ernie, Grover, Gonzo, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and paradigmatically Animal are all chaos Muppets. Zelda Fitzgerald was a chaos Muppet. So, I must tell you, is former Justice Stephen Breyer. Order Muppets, and I'm thinking about Bert, Scooter, Sam the Eagle, Kermit the Frog, and the blue guy who's being always harassed by Grover at restaurants, the order Muppet everyman, tend to be neurotic, highly regimented, averse to surprises, and may sport monstrously large eyebrows. <laughs> They sometimes resent the responsibility of the world weighing on their felt shoulders, but they secretly revel in the knowledge that they keep the show going. Your first grade teacher was probably an order Muppet. So is Chief Justice John Roberts. And in this way, we can understand all societal conflict. Now. Whether or not you buy Lithwick's unified theory of Muppet types, I do think that the Muppet characters can be thought of as archetypes that capture some of our human traits and, more specifically, our Unitarian Universalist faith characteristics rather well. That's right. Now, of course, we have to start with Kermit the Frog, who I think can be thought of as representing our Unitarian Universalist rootedness in rationality and the use of reason. He's a steadfast thinker, a philosopher, and a natural leader. And there's a great drive in this intellectual part of our faith that leads us to contemplation, discovery, and progress in our state of knowledge. Now, the shadow side of it, though, is that we can get so caught up in our heads that we sometimes don't actually act upon that knowledge. But either way, how can we keep from loving a frog so intellectual that he does a cover of the talking head's 
once in a lifetime. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. You may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Letting the days go by, letting the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, after the money's gone, once in a lifetime, water flowing underground. Now, in contrast, I think animal can be thought of as representing our embodied, emotional, passionate side. This is the side of us that drives us to acting upon our faith, but can also result in us being hasty, irrational. Still, it is where a deep well of compassion and love resides. Bonnie! Bonnie! We're bunnies. Oh, we're bunnies. No bunnies. Oh, bunnies. Oh, oh bunnies. Oh, come on, bunnies. Come on. So next, I think Fozzie the Bear can represent how we can enhance our faith by infusing it with a sense of fun, fellowship, joy, and humor. While our faith would become shallow if these were all that it involved, fun, fellowship, joy, humor can very much help us sustain and deepen the other aspects of our spirituality. Even when the jokes are really bad. Waka waka. And... Communal groaning after the bad jokes is allowed. So a guy says to me, did you take a bath today? And I said, why? Is there one missing? Oh, oh, here's a good one. What did the chicken say to the egg? I don't know. I don't speak chicken to you. So a guy finds a magic lamp and asks the genie inside to make him a sandwich. Poof! Guy gets turned into a roast beef on rye. Talk about a pickle! You ever hear why zombies don't eat clowns? Because they taste funny. Ah. <laughs> so why did the man put his hot dog in a sweater? Ah. <laughs> because it was actually a chili dog. Ah, waka waka. Our guitar-rocking, deep-thinking, mystical side of ourselves. I also suspect that Janice may be a Buddhist. Janice and we, though, have to be careful sometimes to avoid thinking we're being deeper than we really are. And now for another Muppet Thought of the Week. 
No one will forgive you more than your friends because no one gets more opportunities. Oh, wow, that was deep. That was heavy. Join us again next week for another Muppet Thought of the Week. And I have always loved Statler and Waldorf, the grumpy guys that sit up in the balcony and offer unsolicited commentary. I think maybe they can be thought of as representing our Unitarian Universalist history of skepticism and questioning. Now, a healthy dose of skepticism and questioning has helped keep ours an honest religion. I think the danger may be that too much skepticism can devolve into sitting on the sidelines and criticizing the efforts of others. Hey, you old fool! You slept through the show! Who's a fool? You watched it! <laughs> well, we should have wished him luck. Well, it's too late now. It's never too late. Break a leg! Break a leg! <laughs> when I was a kid, I left home to join a traveling circus. Oh, were your folks upset? Are you kidding? They're the ones who got me the job! <laughs> you really gotta hand it to Fuzzy. Hand him what? Abuse! Oh! Boo! Boo! This is terrible! <laughs> and of course, we can't leave out Miss Piggy who, as you heard in our reading earlier, is a feminist, as well as, I think, represents that there is probably a spark of diva along with that spark of the divine within each of us. In 2015, Miss Piggy actually received the Sackler Center First Award for her feminism from the Elizabeth A. Sackler Center for Feminist Art at the Brooklyn Museum. Gloria Steinman presented her with the award. Miss Piggy has a particular kind of feminism, I think. She embraces her femininity and feminine charm, but is also tough as nails, knows karate, and will take you down if you mess with her. I like to think of Miss Piggy as representing our strong and steadfast commitment to feminism and all other struggles for equality and human rights, our affirming and promoting the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Here's Miss Piggy in her own words with some advice on being stylish and living life. Piggy Q&A with Kristen, take one mark. Working on Misadventure was such a treat. Oh, it's so much more than a fashion campaign. It's like making a mini movie. Mm. Does anybody know if this gig makes me eligible for an Oscar, by the way? For moi, personal style begins and ends with loving who you are. Mm. Every morning before I walk out the door, I make sure to look in a mirror and plant a bunch of kisses right all over myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my day is just, it's just splendid after that. Yeah. I am all about keeping my style fresh. Yeah. I love to mix it up. I mean, it's all about doing something different every single day. I mean, what's the point? of looking in the mirror if you can't surprise yourself, right? <laughs> if I were to give advice to other women, it, now listen up, because it sounds like I'm going to say something really important here, all right? Trust yourself and know who you are. I know who I am, and I've never known anybody better. <laughs> so 
those are just a few of our Muppet archetypes. My apology if I left out anyone's favorite Muppet character. I leave it to you to figure out what archetype they might represent, as well as to discern your own spirit Muppet if you are so moved. I'm leaning towards Gonzo. So to summarize, Muppet theology is about our need for connection, community, and belonging. It is about knowing that creating community can be messy and difficult sometimes, but if we stay in relationship with each other, even during the challenges, we can become our best selves and create something greater than ourselves at the same time. Muppet theology is about learning that the things that may be our greatest strengths can also be aspects of ourselves that can contain challenges and potential pitfalls. It is about being there for each other, carrying each other when it is needed. It is about celebrating our uniquenesses and our differences. In these times wherein cynicism abounds, it occurred to me as I was working on this service that the Muppets might seem a little bit naive and simplistic these days. Then I thought, or perhaps... Perhaps they are expressing some very basic human values from which we can too easily become separated. Maybe we could benefit from a return to that simple compassion, caring, and communality. The Muppets model for us that sense of caring and compassion. They model how if we stay in community, stay in relationship through good times and bad, we can make beautiful music together. I invite you to join me as we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go back into our daily lives now, I invite you to imagine, envision, dream. These are how we connect our lives and our world with the divine. I send you much love. I wish you much peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.